0: You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., episode number 325.
1: You know, make sure that you could do it. uh, Make sure it's going to be recurring and make sure it's going to be consistent. And don't blame whatever it is that you want to do for not working out. You know, if somebody else is doing it, it works. Yeah. You have to do your work. You just have to do it. You have to do what it takes if that's what you want. and Cody Hoffheim.
0: Welcome to the Wholesaling Inc. Podcast. I am your host, Brent Daniels. And if you are one of those people that is working a full-time job and you have a dream, you have a passion to quit your job or, or, or better, to fire your job from your life forever and really, really, really dedicate yourself to your entrepreneurial pursuits, to your real estate business, then this interview is going to be an absolute lightning rod for you because this is a true example of what happens when you take massive action. When we talk about Rhino Nation, we're talking about charging forward and taking massive action. But not only that, being very, very strategic on when you commit full time to this business. So with that, it is my absolute pleasure to introduce from San Diego, San Diego area, Mr. Kyle Steins. Kyle, say hello.
1: Hey guys. Appreciate it, Brent. Good to be on.
0: I appreciate you. Your story has been, it has been ripping through our TTP group. It has been ripping through the Wholesaling Inc. uh, Facebook page. I mean, it is just, absolutely inspirational what you have done with your wholesaling business, while also being committed to the responsibilities that you had with a full-time job, family, the whole thing. So why don't I let you take the platform from here and you tell me, give me your background, give me your history, let me know your job experience and what has led you up to where you're at now.
1: All right, I'll try to summarize all that as best I can. So, you know, my journey has been two and a half years in the making with Wholesaling Inc., I joined your guys' course in the tribe in January 2017. And before that, you know, going back to the beginning, I guess, or not quite the beginning, but, you know, high school, right? So I dropped out of high school my senior year. You know, I worked worked hard. I had a very good work ethic because that's all I had going for me. I was smart in class, good at getting good on tests, but I didn't do homework. I didn't have a good uh, situation at home. And I eventually... During my senior year, I had to uh, pretty much just be on my own. I spent some nights at friends' houses. I spent some nights in my car. So I decided to work, and I had a good work ethic. That's all I knew how to do was work hard. So after a, about a year or two working in construction, uh, working for a local electrician that took me on, showed me the ropes, You know, I decided I'd, I would like to kind of pursue more of a, a career and see what, else, what other opportunities are out there. So I went on to join the Marine Corps. And I had to go back and get my diploma from my local junior college in order to do that. So I went back, finished up my schooling, it wasn't much left, got my diploma, went off to camp. you know, got trained as a Marine in my job that I had. And, uh, you know, that was a really good experience. They teach you a lot there. They give you a lot of, they instill a lot of discipline in you, how to uh, talk to people, you know, how to be confident and confident in yourself. So after that, I got a job with some of the guys I used to work with before because I was a reservist. When I joined the Marine Corps, I joined as a reservist. So I came back from all my basic training, and I got a job with some of the guys I worked with before, doing handyman work for all the grocery stores here in Southern California. Albertsons, Martin Final, you name it. You know, everything from floor tile to electrical work, replacing parts, etc. So then still, I was like, okay, you know, I'm happy being a Marine. I'm doing the part-time Marine thing as a reservist. I went to Iraq. I came back. You know, I'm I'm doing this job, working with these guys, just doing manual labor, driving all over the place, sitting in traffic, doing repairs, fixing things. And again, I I wanted a career, you know, and I wanted a career that I could be proud of. So I joined the Border Patrol. It took me two years to get in, but I joined the Border Patrol. Started off in New Mexico, and I moved my wife out to some small farm town in New Mexico. <laughs> and uh, you know, I'm out there. I'm proud of my job. I'm making good money and you know I'm, I'm thinking what's next what's next right like this is cool but i'm not home with my family i'm not back in california the main problem with the border patrol was that it was going to be very tough for me to get back to california because it's all seniority based it's hard to transfer and the whole story behind that so so how do i get back to california and how do i you know, i just don't want to go clock in clock out and and do a job for the rest of my life like i know i want more so Uh, You have a lot of time in in the patrol vehicle and and drive commuting to and from work to listen to podcasts and read books, you know, listen to Audible and stuff like that. The podcast I listened to the most was Bigger Pockets. Very, very good podcast uh, to learn everything about real estate investing. Great resource. Probably one of Tom Kroll's number one recruiting methods was going on that show (laughs) and uh, being a, a ball of fire like he is. Yep. And at that time we were actually temporarily stationed in California because of some uh, health issues with my wife and, and being pregnant. We were going through some recurrent pregnancy loss stuff. So we were in California at the time and I thought, hey, wouldn't it be great if we could sign up for this course, they're gonna teach us how to you know, make money in real estate and we don't have to go back to New Mexico, right? And we could settle down here in California. So a few months go by, uh, didn't quite happen. So we, I ended up going back to New Mexico we transferred to Arizona for a year, south of Phoenix, down in Ajo. So mm-hmm. if you're not familiar with that is, it's, if you leave Phoenix and go to Puerto Penasco, I believe it is, on Rocky the 85.
0: Rocky Point, there. yep.
1: Mm-hmm. Rocky Point, yep. You're going to go through those checkpoints down there. You're going to go through the Lukeville Port of Entry crossing and everything. So I was down there hiking around in the, in the heat in the summertime, trying not to die every day. And uh, so then I actually got a transfer back to California, which was supposed to be you know, near impossible to do. But I did it, I kind of did some backdoor stuff. I went ahead and rehired again, like as if I was a new agent. And I took a spot and I got to California. And so now I'm a board agent in California. And I have even less seniority than I had before. I'm working nights, midnight shift, I'm working weekends. And you know, I'm working holidays. So even though I'm in Southern California, there's, I might as well be out of state because I don't get any time off to be with my family. To see my family back you know back home in the los angeles area so you know it was great doing both and i know i kind of skipped over a lot of the wholesaling part so i'll go back to that so in 2017 we started with the wholesaling inc with you guys and then uh we went the whole year and didn't get any deals right we spent all our money on marketing did 12 months no deals at all and luckily uh, there was times i wanted to quit my wife wouldn't let me quit There was times she wanted to quit, and I would not let her quit. And luckily, we never wanted to quit at the same time because it might have happened. But luckily, we didn't. And in January of 2018, we got our first deal. We made $125,000 off one deal, which is just ridiculous. Like, you know, when you have a background like mine, you don't have anybody that's in business in your family. Your actions generate a check that that's big, and it's just you can't even comprehend it at first. Right. It's not even for a while. So that was our first deal. And we're like, okay, at least the last 12 months of work paid off with one deal. You know, like we're getting some of our, you know, we're getting our money back. We're making a profit. So through the rest of 2018, you know, we did more deals because these, these things take time. You, it's all in the follow-up. They take time to happen. They don't happen immediately. Sometimes they do, but so you just got to have faith and wait for those deals to happen and go through the follow-up and go through the process and commit. So 2018, we did more deals, probably six or seven in total that year. You know, made a good profit and then fast forward to 2019 by the way we joined ttp in uh, february of 2018 i believe yep and we started implementing those systems slowly but surely and uh i don't think we got our first deal from those efforts till september of 2018 so about six months process which i know is i think what you put out there to expect you know six months from when you get started to seeing some deals so That process really paid off. Uh, I don't know how well you can see the board behind me. I think it's kind of small in the background, but all the red or pink writing, those are all TTP deals. And the thing about those deals is that we mailed all those people also. Mm -hmm. We never stopped mailing. So, but we just added the cold calling portion to it. So, you know, it worked really well. Would they have responded to our mail if we didn't call them? Who knows? But calling, I'm sure, helped.
0: And just for everybody listening to this on the actual podcast, if you want to see this interview, go to Brent Daniels Real Estate on YouTube. But you will see on the back, he's got this beautiful whiteboard segmented with all the different deals that he's done. And at the bottom is tallied TTP, 387,000, mail, 210,000. So really, this is a beautiful blend of the two programs, the Wholesaling Inc. program, which focuses more on direct mail and marketing, and the TTP program which is proactively reaching out on the phones so is that a tally so far of closed and pendings is that what that is
1: yeah yeah so incredible so the 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 ttp mail breakdown those include pending deals a couple of squares over to the to the left of the board it shows what we've actually closed and what's pending so we're at 499 closed and 147 and pending and one thing cool to point out, Brent, is if you can see on the right-hand side where it says Mailware TTP, there's uh, two deals that were derived from texting, which I we just dabbled in for one month, like a year ago. Yep. And and we're closing deals from that one month of texting homeowners a year later. Yeah. Uh, another cool thing is there's uh, three or four deals on there where it says TTP times two. And what that means is that there's actually another TTP member involved in that deal. Awesome. I so, love so it. Pro- they either brought me, actually all three of them, you know, they, they brought us the deal. We helped them get it closed because they were, you know, either not in the area or they were new getting started. Incredible. Uh, so yeah, this business, you know, everything you guys teach and prepare us to be able to do is just amazing. You, you literally come up with an idea that you want to do something, put in the action. And all of a sudden it's like your view of when you come from a W 2 employee, like, your view of potential and, and money just changes, like especially in Southern California with the deals being so, so large a lot of times, mm-hmm. you know, it's almost like, I don't want to say this cause I, I'm very still like trying to understand what we have and what the potential is, you know, but I mean, it's almost like monopoly money. Like, like once you start this machine that prints you money, what are you going to do with it? Yeah. How is it, it going to change your life and how are you going to change your priorities You know, once I I make a couple more hires and I make this a business versus another full-time job I created for myself, Mm -hmm. you know, what am I going to do then? What am I going to be my interests, my hobbies, my passions, my pursuits? But now I don't have to worry about what I'm going to do to make money. Yeah.
0: The the answer to that is you you have a freedom of schedule. The answer is whatever you want to do. You know what I mean? I mean, always when we're building up our business and when we start hiring people and getting people into, you know, those roles that you're taking right now, the hats that you wear, we're always keeping an eye on what's going on in the market. We're always keeping an eye on what's the best list to go after. How do we have those quality conversations? With distressed property owners every single day. I mean, it's it, it's just an exciting business that it surprises me each and every week. Even though now in my business I work like 10 hours a week in it, it's exciting, it's fun. There's there's different things every single week, every single day, which keeps it exciting and going. But you know, I wanna go back real quick, Kyle, to because I think a lot of people are gonna to relate to when they start, when they get out of it. You know, a lot of people think that they're going to find their first deal within that first 30 days, within that first 60 days. And some people do, honestly. Some people really do. Sometimes you just, and you know as well as I do, sometimes you talk to somebody on a first conversation, and that day or the following day or a couple of days later, you sign up that deal, and it's phenomenal. But that is few and far between, right? If we're having real speak right now, we are if we're talking real... Those people, those low-hanging fruit that are ready right now, you have to talk to a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of people to find those people. They, they are out there, and they're phenomenal. But to build this into a business, to be able to put all your responsibilities and all your financial expenses and everything into this business, like, really, this is going to support your whole life you got to set this thing up to where it is absolutely a business. It's a machine and you can get some predictable results, which over the last two and a half years you have. So what happened that first year? I think everybody listening and watching is wondering what happened during the first year. Were you not able to commit the time because of the transition? Was it just, there was nobody there that was really like ready to go right now. Like what, what was going through your business, your mind in that first 12 months?
1: You know, Time was a big issue. When I was out in New Mexico, my first few years with the border patrol, I mean, I was you know, on horseback, hiking all the time, very remote mountainous terrain, very busy out there. And uh, there was times where I'm, I'm tracking a, a, a group out there and we're going into a canyon and we got to get the satellite phone out and called you know, the station and, and my wife or whatever and say, hey, just so you know, I'm not coming home tonight. We're going to be out here for a while. Yeah. Like there's, yeah, there's no way to, for other people to come in and help you out. There's no way out of there. You just have to commit. So first thing was we were just getting started. And you know we're new. Even though you guys coach us what to do, you're still new. Yeah. And everything's experienced to you. So we're just getting started. It's hard to identify what really is a motivated seller versus somebody that sounds motivated, but they're not. How to get the deal low well enough, you know, then just... Getting a deal that you that looks like a discount to you because you're new, but really it's not, because you don't understand the hard money costs and all that stuff involved with buying properties. But you know, when I was working, time was a huge issue. I had a two-hour commute each way, and there's just so much that had that the job held me back. But the good thing that I did was I hired a virtual assistant early on. You know, it was obvious that I couldn't answer the phone yep. as well as I should be able to, mm-hmm. and that's not really my wife's forte either. So. You know, I had to hire somebody to do that. And that helped me a lot grow the business. But, you know, the first 12 months we didn't get deal, you know, we marketed everywhere. Like we didn't live in California yet. We weren't settled down in California. So we cast a wide net with our marketing, right? We did like 10 different counties just because we didn't have a a backyard. We didn't have a home. We were out of state when we started. So we had had a lot to figure out. And we couldn't just work with a cash buyer that lived in the same town that we lived in and figure it out. And you know, the first 12 months, we did a lot of marketing, we talked to a lot of people, but our data, a big part of it is, is having the difference between good data and bad data, even mm-hmm. when it comes to mailing. You know, if you're doing a list, when's the last time that list has been scraped or scrubbed against county records or whatever motivating factor that you're using for that list? Are you removing sold properties from that list? You know, you have to stay, so we improved our lists and i mean really as time went on we just got more and more hungry the longer you go hungry the more willing you are to do whatever it takes to find something to eat so after those 12 months you know part of it was just building up a pipeline it was learning it was talking to other members and figuring out what are we doing right what are we doing wrong the first couple deals we we had a local partner that was a real estate agent And they actually, you know, helped us out with them a little bit. So we gave them part of the deal, but that helped, you know.
0: Well, basically just what was going through your mind in the first, you know, 12 months of going through it and how did you stick with it? You know, it's crazy. And I I give you all the credit in the world because we live in a... I want it now type of environment. We really do. And it happens. It happens sometimes, but not all the times. And for you, I mean, you're on horseback. You don't know your schedule. You've got four hours of commute. You've got, you're in New Mexico, but you're doing your marketing to California. You've got other people answering your calls that may or may not have been like, you know, experienced with high level sales. You know what I mean? I mean, there's a lot going on there that I can see you know, why it took some time to kind of get it going, to build up that pipeline to where you found some consistency. But how did you keep your mind, like, right? How did you stay committed to your business? You know what I mean? Because I truly, I think anybody listening to this or anybody watching this, if you truly commit to this business, you cannot lose, I truly believe that. I truly believe if you stay in it long enough, if you have enough quality conversations with distressed property owners, you cannot lose. But what stops people is those initial periods of time where they feel like nothing is happening, right? They, they've got a sledgehammer and they're just pounding it against you know a piece of concrete and it's not doing anything. And they just feel like all their efforts are, are not working or the market's too saturated or there's too much competition or the learning curve is too high. All these fantasies, all these hallucinations that we tell ourselves, you didn't fall victim to that. Like, is it just your background of, of maybe military training? Is it your background of just, hey, I'm committed to this. Like, I'm going to be disciplined to this business. What is it?
1: Yeah, it was just, a. I mean, it was really, the bottom line is, like, if I could do this business, Tom Kroll says it to you, right? And I'm sure you say the same thing. If we could do this business, anybody could do this business. Like, it's not rocket science. It's just commitment. All those one-liners, those kind of cheesy sounding one-liners, but they're there for a reason because they're true and they're there to keep you going when things get tough, yep. you know. Massive and perfect action, the best one right, relating to what you're talking about right now is persist until failure quits. Mm-hmm. If you just keep going, put one foot in front of the other, climb that mountain, and eventually you're going to figure out how to climb it better. You're going to be walking instead of crawling. You know, you're know, you going to learn how to navigate it better. You're going to run into other people along the way that are going to help you along the process. So that's the number one thing is if you're, if you're struggling getting started, just don't give up. There's no reason to give up. If you do, you wasted everything. If you stick to what, if you stick to it, then every single thing that you put into it so far is going to be worth it in the long run. You know, it's just the fact that I wanted more and I wanted, nobody in our, in both of our families knew anything about business and anything else but having a job, right? So, you know, I had one of the few jobs left in the world that provides a pension when you retire. Mm -hmm. People are thinking I'm crazy for wanting out of that, you know, and it's, now that I have my wife and, and now that we have a seven-month-old child, you know, I don't want to be somebody else's employee. I want us to decide what we're going to do when we're going to do it. And we just put our heads down and we got to this point. And eventually things worked out, you know, and it's a lot of it had to do with uh, the coaches and your guys' program, so.
0: Well, and I think it's unbelievable. You know, I think people can probably piece together this business through, certainly through the Wholesaling Inc. podcast, through YouTube channels, through everything. The one part that you miss is the community, right? Like, I'm just going to speak for myself here. When I joined the Wholesaling Inc. program in February of 2016, it wasn't because I didn't know how to wholesale. It was because I wanted to be around people doing way more than me, and I wanted a community. I felt like I was on an island by myself, and when you're on an island by yourself, you feel like, you know, every time something bad happens or a deal falls out or somebody outbids you on a deal or something happens, you kind of get into a shell and you're kind of like, oh, whoa, was me. But not when you're in a group, and you've been absolutely like, phenomenal in the private TTP Facebook group with support, with cheerleading other people in the group, with people supporting you. Like you've got three deals on your board that I can see right now that you're doing with somebody in the TTP program. Like these things matter. I mean, not just, not just from a mental standpoint, but also from a financial standpoint, I mean, these things really work out. That's the that's the power of of, of joining a program. Really, I mean, that might sound uh, kind of like advertising, but it truly is. I mean, it, that's just the basis of of what the whole platform is built on is supporting other people in in the group, in the community. And I think you know, with you being in it and and for two and a half years, you've always contributed, whether it be on social media, maybe it's just picking up the phone and talking to people that. You know, are are going to refer you deals or vice versa. I mean, it's just a phenomenal resource for people to to be able to really stay in the business. Because if you're out there floating by yourself, that is when I see people quit. I love that. What was it? Persist until fail, failure quits. Is that what you said? Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. I'm going to put that on the glass walls. I love that. I mean, it's true. It truly is. And 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 you've got. I mean, you've got over five hundred, almost six hundred thousand in income that you've made over the last two and a half years from this business with the first year, nothing. So that's for a year yeah. and a half worth of work. So you yeah, built and built and built and built. It's just like planting and harvesting, planting and harvesting, planting and harvesting. And during that time, you've stayed committed. You you see the goal that you have and you stay committed to that, even though you've got hours on horseback, you've got, you've, you're, you're, you're moving from New Mexico to Ajo, which is just, I mean, that's like the end of the world, right? To, to get back yeah, to California, yeah. to everything. I mean, it's an incredible, incredible story. I love it. Do me a favor. Let's get people excited about it because I truly believe once you do a deal that's over $50,000, once you do a massive deal, your brain chemistry changes forever. And you mentioned it took you a year, but your first deal was $125,000. Can you break down that deal? What list did it come from? What marketing or prospecting did you do? Uh, And kind of give me some of the pre-qualifiers that that let you know that this was actually a deal. Can you break that down for me?
1: I will. And before I do so, just one comment on what you said earlier. You know, the the community and being a part of a group like this, you know, sometimes what we do with helping other people is self-serving. But you know, for a reason, we don't, we don't like spending too much time of our lives if it's not with our family or if it's creating more business. But one of the things that I've realized recently is I don't care how much money that the other person, the other person's deal, when they come to me for help with a deal and if it's going to bring us money, great. But if it's one of their first deals for them, and I know this is life changing for them. I mean, that's like the fact that I could help somebody with that is amazing, you know, and I'm sure that you guys share in that also that influence and that you know you're just helping that person get started and it's life changing so you know it's great to be part of a community so the first deal hundred twenty five thousand dollars. it was off the tax delinquent list Mm -hmm. so like i mentioned earlier you know be careful where you're getting your tax delinquent list and where you're getting the information from and how fresh it is you know put in the effort to make sure it's a good list so i came from a tax delinquent list it was an old uh cabin property in a really uh kind of unique exclusive area and we had no idea what we had when we got it when we first got this lead we were like oh my gosh we have to spend time like looking at this <laughs> old house cabin thing in the desert like what are we doing you know like why do we always get these leads and, and one of the things i was hoping to talk about but i'll bring up right now in case i don't get to it later sure it's, it's good in this business to not know that much. Yeah. Like, without saying "be dumb" or "be stupid," sometimes it's good to not know. A lot. Oh, so, I say,
0: it, Kyle, I say it all the time. I tell people all the time, "You got to be dumber. You're overthinking. Yeah. You got to be dumber." Yeah. I 100% agree. But go ahead.
1: So we go through our process, and we tell this guy, "Look, this is a story that we hear many times from the you coaches and other people as well in the tribe. Like, look, this isn't my specialty. I don't know what this thing's even worth, but." I think we'll be okay if we offer you this much for it. You know, would you be open and taking that? They said yes. So we got under contract for uh sixty thousand. I think it was like 40,0, sixty thousand you know, 20K in back taxes. We got the cabin for 40. So 60 total. We were just gonna like try to put it out for like 10 or 15k higher and try to find a buyer for it. Who knows what was gonna happen, you know? And We were working with an agent at the time. He was kind of our boots on the ground in Southern California when we couldn't be in the area. This is the easiest money he's ever made in his life. (laughs) So we asked him, Hey, can you look at this and comp it out and tell us what you think? He's like, Oh, well, actually, this area is, you know, blah, blah, blah. And you should probably put it out for about 160. Like, whoa, 100 grand higher than we locked it up for? Like, I don't understand that, but you're an experienced agent, so I'm gonna go ahead and listen to what you say. We put it out for one sixty. Somehow there was multiple buyers interested in it, and we got a bid up to one eighty-five.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: So we're like, you know, for this to be your first deal, not having gone through this whole process, <laughs> I mean, and we're in Ajo at this time. Okay. So we're like at a little restaurant in Aho, hole in the wall place, and we're like watching the offers come in, and I'm Doing what you guys teach, calling them at the last minute, like, "Hey, I'm about to accept your offer. Make sure your highest and best offers in. You know, I really hope you get this deal." And all of a sudden, the, the offers jump up another five, ten grand. You know, so yeah, the highest offer was Win 85. We got it closed, which was just like a gut wrenching, sickening experience when you have that much on the line. Yes, I mean it was so. It was really one of the easiest deals we've done, if not the easiest uh just amazing, you know, blessing. And, you know, I went back there recently to check what they did with it and they just leveled it. And they I know they own a few properties in that area. They'll probably build something there eventually. So that was a great experience. And and the second largest deal we've done is was also for a hundred thousand. We had to double close it so there's some extra closing costs involved but that was a, a deal that one of our deal finders brought us driving for dollars mm-hmm. and we split the deal with that person. We we were partners on it. We split it with them. And so we each got 50K minus our costs. Oh my um, gosh. That was driving for dollars and cold calling right there. So
0: I love mm-hmm. it. Well, hold on a second. So for a year worth of Working and working and working and working and trying to figure out when you can do this business and how it's going to, you know, fit into your life, into your schedule. And then all of a sudden, bam, 125, massive deal, 125. Let me get this going. Sounds good. <laughs> Incredible, man. And once you got that money in your account, how'd you feel?
1: It was just amazing. I mean, I'm not going to lie. We took the family and we went and and celebrated. You know, I mean, (laughs) you know, my wife and I before that, right, we worked hard and we saved money and we pinched pennies and we did everything we needed to do to. The first thing we did was pay off our debt together, right? So the debt that we had together, we paid it off. The next thing we worked and saved for was to pay for our wedding honeymoon in cash and be debt free. And then the next thing we put our money to after that was starting a business, which was this business. And never in our life had we had anywhere near that amount of money in our account at one time, you know, Mm -hmm. so it's just, yeah, it's, it was amazing. We celebrated, you know, and we're like, holy cow, what does the future have in store if we could do deals on paper that are making over 100 grand? Yeah, it's like, we didn't have to buy it, we didn't have to fix it, we didn't have to do any of that stuff with it. And it's just, it really is amazing, so...
0: Yeah, and the and the collateral effects are all of a sudden now you've got another hundred thousand dollar deal, now you've got fifty thousand dollar deals, now you got twenty-five. You know what I mean? Like your mind is open to like you were saying, well, maybe we'll just put put this up for ten thousand. And I think it's a huge, huge point of you breaking that down is if you're in an area and you're not sure what's going on, reach out to real estate agents that work that area. I mean, yeah. I do it all the time. Anytime I go outside of the Phoenix bubble, I will reach out to two or three agents in the market and get their opinion on what's going on. And they're happy to do it because what, what, I could send them referrals up there. I can get them. I can close on it and have them listed. There's a lot of different, you know, reciprocations there. But reach out to somebody that knows the market. It's incredible how many people just kind of, you know, add 10 onto it and sell it. And then all of a sudden, you know, they see a way bigger spread because somebody knows that area. Remember when you're starting out, the toughest part is, is this a deal or no deal? And then the second toughest part is how big of a deal is it? You can erase those doubts by reaching out to people with expertise in the area, have a conversation as long as you're likable and certain, and you're you're not trying to you know be weird or 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 strange with them or timid, they're going to have a conversation with you, and they're really going to help you out. I think that's a huge learning lesson when it comes to you yeah. getting that deal and getting it for as big as it. I mean, if you didn't have that conversation with them, who knows what would have happened? Who knows where you'd be?
1: <laughs> yeah, right? no, I mean, we went and made that much. That's for sure. You know, it, it's on one hand, like that guy never went to the property. He never. Went to get the contract signed. He didn't do any of the legwork because we happened to be in town at that time doing my military reservist weekend. He didn't do any of the legwork, but what he did do was say, "Hey, put it out for a lot more than you're gonna put it out." And because that, we paid him a good sum of money. Deal. And you know, a lot of times with the local agents, especially if you're not area where it's obvious, it's not easy to comp. They're not all the houses aren't the same and everything. You know, the agents are gonna either know buyers or they're gonna be buyers themselves. The brokers will be buyers. I mean, there's a buyer for everything. I don't care what remote city, town you're in. There's gonna be a broker there that's been there forever, yep. knows the area, and they'll they play Monopoly in that town, and they're the they're the local buyer. So, yeah, it's it's a great resource to have for sure. If, I love it. Yeah, if you need help, if you need help understanding what you have, it's a great resource. Mm-hmm.
0: And then you. Close that deal. You joined TTP in February, and now from February 18 to now, 387 thousand closed and pending. You are an animal. Who's making those calls for you?
1: So I started off doing it. Yep. And just you know, kind of realized that it's hard to juggle everything. And if I was able to squeeze in the hours, I wasn't uh, performing as well as a cold caller should. Yeah. In reality, I'm, yep. I was tired. I'm sick. Everything. So. Man, I've been through the through the gamut of available of types of cold callers to hire. So, <laughs> um, I mean, right now, right now we're down to we're down to one cold caller, and it's my mother in law. Mm-hmm. So that's great that she's blessed to be paid to do that. She's really good at it. She's probably about to become our lead manager, and so she could focus with all the follow up stuff, and I could just go on appointments and get the deals done. But I mean, I've I've hired what's the name? Jordan Edwins callers in the Philippines. Yep. I think he was one of before, right? Yep. I've had them call for me before, and I know they do a good job for other people. Unfortunately, I think I gave them... I experimented with a new list, and it's a great list, but it was kind of bad timing and really overworked. So I think, you know, I did a huge campaign on that. It didn't work out very well, but it wasn't their fault. So uh, I did, I've had Filipino cold callers. I've hi- I found my own, hired my own. I've used th- his service. I've hired... Family members to do it. Yep. I've done it. I've hired random people in San Diego and Los Angeles areas to do it. You know, I at one time I had four cold cars. I was paying twenty dollars an hour, and it, it's hard sometimes when those deals take a while to come to fruition, and your your account's draining pretty quick when you have four people at twenty dollars an hour, yeah. probably part time. And then if it gets to be too much for you to handle, you're you either need to hire people to help you out or, or cut it back. So anyways, yeah, we've, I've had all kinds of people answer my phones from all kinds of countries, and whether that's both inbound calls and cold calling. So I've gone through the ringer, but right now it's my my mother. If I didn't find any any other family members or people like my mother-in-law that want to do cold calling, I'll probably just go to the Call Motivated Sellers Now um, company, yep. get some... It'd make it easier for me to onboard some people and have them assist with the training and management of it, because it's a lot of work managing all that, training them up. But I've had all kinds of different people make my cold calls for me, and you know they get paid a nice besides the hourly pay, they get paid a nice little bonus when a deal closes. So yeah, it's great. Awesome,
0: yeah. sellers dot com. That's who I use. I've got four callers going at all times, and we talk to my lead manager talks to them once a week and make sure they do it. So it's really Uh, It's an unbelievable resource. But back to you, to wrap this up, I saw recently, I mean, you posted a video, you posted pictures of you leaving your job for the last time, and then you did that beautiful thing on social media where you switched your profile to self-employed. Like, how does that feel? And give some advice in closing to the people out there that are working full time, but they have that passion, they've got that pilot light inside of them to be an entrepreneur, to be a real estate wholesaling superstar like
1: you. So it feels amazing. I mean, I'm in charge of my day. I'm in charge of where I am, where, whether that's anywhere in California, out of state, wherever I want to go. I get to include my family right now. You know, I don't have an office besides my, house, my home office. Um, so I'm here during the day with my family and I love it. I don't, I'll be honest, Brent, <laughs> you know, I took three weeks of vacation before I, that day that I officially resigned mm-hmm. and it's a couple of weeks since then. So four or five weeks into it, I've been lazy. I mean, I got deals going, you know, I, I don't wake up to an alarm clock except for my child, which is might as well be an alarm clock. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I get to spend it all the time with my family that I want to, I get to work when I want to. If I'm gonna go on an appointment somewhere, I get to bring my family with me, go on the appointment, and then either stay at nearby family's houses or stay at a hotel or something, whatever, you know? And it's just really amazing to have the uh, ability to set your own schedule and do what you wanna do and work as much or work as little as you want when I get back from vacation, I'm going to step up my game and really get back into growing the business. But, you know, I've been really enjoying my time and my freedom and I plan to, you know, forever. So good. And now, you know, it was not easy to to quit no matter how good wholesaling was for us or investing in any way or whatever. It's still not easy. I had, a, I was making over a hundred thousand a year. I was, had really good benefits. I had a pension I was putting in towards, you know, and, uh, with, you know, a baby, and we're hoping to have more babies, like health insurance is a big part of that. So there's a lot of fear, and you have to make sure your family's going to be okay with that. So I was saying is, you know, if you have wife and kids and, or family, whatever, that's relying on you, you have to step up your game, and you have to make them feel comfortable that, look, I could do this. It's going to be consistent and reoccurring income, um, you know, we're gonna. I'm gonna do this till we have a year's worth of expenses in the bank for our family, and you know, for the business as well. So, I'll never say it's an easy decision, especially if you have a family already that you're responsible for taking care of. Mm-hmm. You know. So, but luckily, she's very supportive of me, and and uh, she helps me a lot in the business. You know, she runs the numbers on everything, and that's one tip. I would like to tell people is if you have somebody else that can count the properties for you and tell you what to offer, it makes it a lot easier to make those offers mm-hmm. because if you're on the phone, doing the report building, listening to their situation as to why they're a motivated seller, you're just going to offer them more money. Yep. You're going to offer them too much money almost every time. Yep. You know, it's really gut-wrenching to make them a good offer. So it helps if you can separate those two things. You know, Make sure that you can do it Uh, make sure it's going to be recurring and make sure it's going to be consistent and don't blame whatever it is that you want to do for not working out. You know, if somebody else is doing it, it works. Yeah. You have to do your work. You just have to do it. You have to do what it takes if that's what you want. So love it.
0: Love it. Kyle, thank you so much. I mean, I think A lot of people out there are going to see this as like real talk, right? I mean, you could tell just by the way that he's communicating, guys. This has been a a journey for him, but he's being real real here. He's telling you that he didn't do a deal for, instead of people coming on the podcast, which it happens that they get a deal in the first two weeks or something. It took him 12 months. You've got this. You can do this. You can, I mean, here's a perfect example of what happens when you stay committed to it. Now, maybe your schedule's hectic. Maybe you're not as committed to it as you want to be, but just stay in. Just stay in. Persist until failure. What was it? Quits. Quits. I love it. I love it. And if you guys are interested in joining the most proactive group in real estate with Kyle and I, go to wholesalinginc.com forward slash TTP Check out what the program's about. Check out all the testimonials. If it feels good in your gut, then sign up for a call. It'll be the best call of your year. Kyle, thank you so much for being on here. You are just (laughs) an absolute inspiration. I really, really appreciate it. Everybody out there, I encourage you to go out there and talk to people. Until next time, see ya. Love you.